Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the show. I'm Chris Graham, joined by Rod Mullins. It's uh, Wednesday, and we're going to talk some NASCAR. Joey Logano winning last weekend's race at Vegas, first ticket punch to the NASCAR Cup Series Championship 4. I'm um, not sure if that's the big news coming out of the race, though. The uh, the the wreck involving Bubba Wallace uh, and now Wallace getting a one-race suspension from NASCAR for his role in uh, and uh, apparently intentionally from NASCAR's view, uh, uh, spinning, spinning out. And then uh, not to mention the fight afterwards, right? Uh, Rod, what's the, what's the latest here? Well, the latest is like what you said, um, Bubba Wallace is suspended for one race. I made a prediction. He'd probably get two races because of the severity of it. I was like Jeff Burton when I was watching the race on, um, Sunday, I think the thing that surprised me was not Kyle Larson, going into Bubba Wallace. I mean, the track was kind of slick anyway. They were having problems kind of getting traction on the track on Sunday afternoon. But I think what surprised me more was after the hit and then Bubba Wallace goes and Jeff Burton said it on air. And I, I kind of tend to agree with it. Although I think NASCAR has looked at it from camera angles and everything else. Uh, they feel like he deliberately, uh, steered into the direction of Kyle Larson, forcing Kyle Larson to, um, you know, just spin and then uh, taking out both of the vehicles. Plus, on top of that, you know, he took out a team member, uh, even though 2311 Motorsports is um, kind of separate of Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing provides engines and um, some materials to them, and they end up knocking Christopher Bell out. Christopher Bell could have punched his ticket on Sunday afternoon at Las Vegas, he gets knocked out of it. And, um, so it was just a big mess all together with this Kyle Larson, I think probably did the smart thing. He didn't want to fight back. He said that he probably, you know, in the way that he looked at it, he didn't give him enough room, but he said the track was slick. You know, he said, if there's anything about that, that's my fault. But uh, Bubba just took it too far. And I think, you know, the thing of have at it, boys, I think kind of went too far with Bubba this time around. And Bubba's going to serve a, a one-race suspension out of it. Yeah, you, when, you know, the more detail you see about the accident uh, in the aftermath, uh, um, he caught up Christopher Bell, as you mentioned. Uh, Bell now in eighth place in the uh, playoff eight. Right. Uh, as Logano won the first of the three races in this round of the playoffs, punching his ticket that certainly makes things harder for bell to, uh, to be an eighth spot. He'll have to probably win a race now to, to punch his ticket forward. And, um, you know, it's interesting, you, you know, as much as you talk about, uh, you know, there, I know we, we've been talking about fines and that kind of thing levied, uh, against teams in recent weeks. Um, 2311, uh, decided not to challenge this. And in fact, uh, issued a statement, a lengthy statement in which, uh, the team talked about how it, it had a talk with Bubba Wallace and, and ex express that that's not the way they want their racers to drive. Yeah. And I mean, I, I understand that, um, Bubba has always been, you know, um, to me, I think he's been high strung. He's been a high strung racer. He, he wants to go out and he wants to prove what he is capable of. And I, you know, I think he's done that. I know there's been a lot of controversy. I know that there are people that, you know, dislike him more than anything else of, um, I guess ever since the, the noose incident that took place down at Talladega here a couple of years ago. Um, you know, that's been a sore spot with a lot of the fans, but you know, this time around, you know, I, I just think it was just 
one of those things that happened. It was a racing deal. Um, yeah, but he should not have come and, you know, just steered the car and just veered off left and go in and, and hit Kyle Larson at that point. And, you know, it's even more so when you have a rough driver and he's drove pretty rough over the years, Joey Logano and Joey Logano comes to Kyle Larson's defense in a way. And he says, you know, uh, any other time that, you know, that might've been considered racing, but what he did, uh, could have cost Kyle Larson his life. And, you know, I kind of tend to see where he's going with that because you let the temper, you let the anger take over and that's what ends up happening. But, you know, he was thinking more so of, you know, getting back at, at Larson more so than he was thinking of the big picture. And that's what you've got to do as a race car driver. And I know we've kind of thrown this thing out about uh, the teams and what they mean right now at this point, you know, you've got teammates that are trying to work to get each other into the, uh, the final four and that championship four. But you know, this was one of those things of where car ownership, the, uh, the thing of the cars, the car manufacturers, you didn't want that to happen, especially to Christopher Bell. You didn't want that to happen to him and he got caught up in it. So it's just, you know, one thing after another, it kind of cascaded and that's what we ended up having, um, him being penalized for that one race. And, you know, um, still at the same time, uh, one little, uh, note to drop to you too. Um, Tony Stewart right now is seething. He's seething at NASCAR. If he could find any other way, the way he feels about it, he would just quit right now and just not even finish the season because he is so mad and angry with uh, NASCAR over the, the past couple of weeks, the Kevin Harvick deal at Talladega. And then of course the, uh, the fines that went out with, uh, uh, especially with, uh, Cole Custer about Chase Briscoe. Uh, so there's a lot of emotion right now in this whole thing. And last but not least, I want to bring it up to, you know, now that, um, it looks like Kurt Busch is going to be uh, kind of stepping away from NASCAR for the 2023 season. Tyler Reddick, just kind of the same way what I predicted a little bit early on, uh, Tyler Reddick's going to be moving on into 2311 Motorsports for next season, and he's going to be racing, I believe, in the 20, uh, believe in the 23 cars, what he's going to move to. And so he's going to go to that car, 23 or the 45, and uh, they bought him out. They bought him out at Richard Childress. And so Childress is, as soon as he's done with the season, all he has to do is just make his way on over to 2311 Motorsports. And he's got more bigger fish to fry. As Kyle Busch will be making his, uh, his appearance on the NASCAR circuit for Richard Childress Racing next season. Yeah, it's sad news about Kurt Busch. We've been talking about that off and on for weeks. Uh, yeah. He uh, suffered a concussion uh, back, uh, I believe it was in July. Um mm -hmm. And uh, just never was able to get get clearance uh, and, and get feeling right, and um, uh, and, and and that's an issue that uh, you know we as we know uh, uh, curtailed the career of Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, mm -hmm. several years ago, uh, concussion issues and not able to to get himself uh, back on, on on the right path there. So just shows how serious even even with all the improvements in safety in NASCAR uh, that uh, you know obviously there's still there's still some some issues to be worked out there. Yeah. And not to mention too, uh, Alex Bowman, you know, he's out for the rest of the season. Um, you know, they were talking about the, I think the last three races or at least three races hoping to maybe come back, but I don't foresee him coming back this season right now. I think it's going to be one of those things of let's take some time off. Let's try to regroup and let's see where, where you go with your healing process. 
Kurt Busch is not going to be without a job. He's going to be consulting with 2311 Motorsports. Denny Hamlin has kind of said that and said that, you know, when he stepped in, he provided some knowledge to this team that they really didn't have before, just about different ways to look at things. So um, I think that's going to be a big plus, uh, having Kurt Busch in the pits, kind of like advising and helping out the drivers there. And it, it, it sure can't hurt Tyler Reddick anymore because I think it'll improve Tyler Reddick a little bit more as a driver on the track, hearing some, you know, some pep talks or something from Kurt Busch before it's over with. You know, it's, uh, let's talk about Joey Logano and his win. Um, you know, a third win of the season, but what a great time to get a third win. And, you know, there at the beginning of the playoffs, uh, the playoff drivers weren't getting wins. Right. And um, now for Logano to get this win at this stage, he's he is in the championship four. He knows he will be racing on the final uh, weekend of the season for a championship. And, and that's huge for him and his team. Yeah, it is. I mean, to get plugged in, you know, to get locked in and not have to really worry about it this next couple of races going to Martinsville. He's plugged in to go to, you know, go to that Phoenix race, and that's all he has to do. Uh, you know, he's plugged in for that. You've got Chase Elliott. you got Ross Chastain right now. They have the possibility of making it in, I think, in some good races, either if they have a good race coming up at Homestead and then also at Martinsville, possibility of them being able to lock their number into it, and it's going to leave some people out in the cold. But, uh, yeah, that's a big plus for Joey Logano, getting that. And, you know, Penske, I think, at, at this point in the playoffs, has been pretty strong. Uh, even, you know, of all people, Ryan Blaney has been strong, too. He's just not been able to get into the win column. But, you know, the Penske cars have been running really well here, especially in the playoff season. And it just proves that with Joey Logano locking in that, uh, that chase, at least for the championship, in that final four. So looking ahead to Miami this weekend, Sunday at 2.30 on NBC, um, what are your thoughts uh, about uh, how the, especially the playoff field uh, might compete uh, at this race on this track, you know, who has maybe a good history there and, and who might we look at as a possible winner from that small group of racers? Well, I guess probably who some of the front runners who you've got to watch for this coming weekend is going to be Ross Chastain and Chase Elliott. That's going to be two of them we're going to be looking at. I think right now the dark horse that a lot of people need to be looking at right now, um, although he had an 18th uh, last year in his only career start at uh, Homestead, is Chase Briscoe. Chase Briscoe has been running the tires off of that Ford. <clears throat> Excuse me as uh, they've been racing uh, this season, especially into the playoffs. Nobody expected him to make it into the playoffs whatsoever. And then he gets into it, and he's just been he's just been having putting together some of the best racing I think I've seen from this youngster in quite a while. And then you also have some people that you're kind of scratching your head about wondering, can they make it? They're going to have to have a win one way or the other, and that's Christopher Bell and Ryan Blaney. Um where does that put them at? You know, Ryan Blaney, uh, he's seventh in the points position right now. He finished 28th at Las Vegas. Not a good finish for him, but his past at Homestead, he's finished third in seven career starts. So you kind of got to give a little bit of favor to him being able to pull something off. And Christopher Bell, the same thing. He finishes eighth and 20th in two career starts at Homestead. And so, you know, you've got a chance there after that 34th place finish at Las Vegas, 
you know, he has nowhere else to go, but up in this. So I think we'll, we'll probably see a lot of shuffling and a lot of lead changes. And then you're also going to see some people that's going to kind of be, um, how can I say it? Kind of laying back there and just kind of watching the field as they go by. And that'll probably be Joey Logano. You know, I don't really, if I'm, if I'm a driver, I don't think I want to go and I want to push to try to win another race. If I'm locked into the championship four, I think I'll just want to kind of take it easy. And if it comes into my hands, I'll take the win one way or the other. But, um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a, a big call this coming weekend at Homestead as to who might make it into the playoffs. We might get another first time winner again, who knows how this, this could possibly fare out uh, as we go into Homestead and then making the way on to Martinsville and then on to Phoenix after that. Hey, some off the track news, I guess on the track news for 2023, not only like thinking about 2022 now. Uh, Spire Motorsports on Tuesday announced that it's going to go full time with two drivers, Corey LaJoy and Ty Dillon. That's uh, that's some that's some good news, especially for those drivers and, and, and fans of those drivers. Yeah, it's especially great news for Corey LaJoy. I mean, uh, Ty Dillon is there and he's going to bring at least some experience to that team. But I'm telling you, Corey LaJoy has really impressed me so far this season with the way he has ran in a lot of races. And, you know, he should have had a win at Atlanta. He should have been able to win there at Atlanta, but he just didn't have the car left after been uh, racing with uh, Chase Elliott for most of the uh, latter stages of the race. But, you know, um, Corey LaJoy is going to bring some uh, good experience. And I think with this next-generation car, it evens everything up across uh, the spectrum, however way you want to look at it. It brings a whole new perspective to this race team. Ty Dillon just did not fit in at uh, Petty GMS Motorsports. He, he ran good a couple of times, but then the rest of the time he's kind of been in the middle or toward, you know, the top 20, top 30 is what he has been somewhere in the twenties and thirties on finishes. But, um, I think there's some potential in him. He could, he could maybe have some good runs in the 2023 season, but, uh, don't count out Corey LaJoy just because he's switching teams. I think he's got a, a great potential, uh, at winning a race, maybe next season for Spire Motorsports. Well, the race on Sunday in Miami is uh, at 2.30 p.m. And uh, for those out there listening, if you want to follow on Augusta Free Press on Facebook, Rod uh, will live blog during the race and offer updates and also just commentary, analysis, that kind of thing. So, uh, Rod, uh, looking forward to seeing that and uh, looking forward to talking to you again next week. No comments about Tennessee and Alabama from this past weekend. I was waiting on that one. Oh, you were waiting on that one. I, th- oh, we, I thought we had discussed that one off, but yeah, gosh, yeah, we uh, did. So, what a football, what a football game. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, you know, you you've been uh, quiet on on those balls down your way, uh, but uh, you know, I know you had circled this one. You've been saying for weeks. Uh, I don't want to hear about how good Tennessee is until they play Alabama, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they uh they 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 played well uh and uh and in, in, in that 52 49 game I'm, I'm sure that that game had over 11 million viewers a lot of mm-hmm. the, a lot of the country watched that game and uh what a thrilling game thrilling finish after that game as well yeah but the only thing is it reinforced and i'm sorry to say this it reinforced that much more the redneck mentality of tennessee fans <laughs> i mean tearing down the goalposts that's one thing Throwing them into the Tennessee River, that's another. But, you know, everybody went crazy. I think 
I didn't want to even look at Facebook or some of the social media and stuff because of the Tennessee fans that had gone crazy over the weekend after that big win. But, you know, Tennessee really just, I think they did a phenomenal job. And I really cannot say enough about Hendon Hooker. Um, it just makes me scratch my head. It makes me wonder why did he waste all that time at Virginia Tech playing for a coach that could not recognize his ability and what he could do if given the opportunity. And I think from the way I understand it, Josh Heupel has just pretty much said, okay, this is your offense. I'll tell you what to do, but you run the offense. And if you see the whole run, if you see the opportunity to pass, pass, but you're the one that's making the calls on this one is what you're going to do. And it's like, I think his hands were tied the entire time that he was at Virginia Tech, and it certainly doesn't look very good on Justin Fuente whatsoever because, I mean, he could have been somewhere else. He could have been at Tennessee. You know, he still may get the Heisman Trophy out of this because a lot of people are looking at him with such a fantastic season. But, you know, I just think that that experience at Tech could have ruined him as a quarterback, but he has risen above that more than anything else. Yeah, I would I would love to be in the room when uh, Justin Fuente is interviewing for his next job, and the question would have to come from whoever is interviewing him right. for a job. Uh, why did you think Hendon Hooker couldn't start for you? <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that's that's going to be a test of what kind of you know how he's going to be able to answer under pressure in this case, especially with Justin Fuente. I just you know, I don't know. It's it's been quiet on his um his turn at least. We've not heard anything about him getting into coaching or anything, kind of the Bronco Mendenhall route. But uh I think we said it a couple of weeks ago, maybe talking off air or something, we were talking about Bronco maybe getting the itch to coach again. So I don't know. We'll we'll see if Fuente's gonna do that. But Fuente really doesn't have to coach right now at this point. All he has to do is just kind of take in the money, what he's getting, uh, the severance, what he got out of Virginia Tech, and he's kind of walking away with it until he feels like it's the time's right to go back to another coaching opportunity. Uh, I might, if I were him, take some of this money and maybe get like a a, a degree or a, some sort of a trade certification or something like that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure football is going to be his thing in the future after this. Well, and you know, maybe he ought to invest in something like, you know, these Zig Ziglar um, meetings or something, go to it about, you know, motivation and, and all this other stuff, because you can definitely see it because Hendon Hooker was not motivated when he's at Virginia tech, when he got down to Tennessee, Josh Heupel really turned the engine on and he found a way to motivate him and, Man, I'm telling you, he just did a fantastic job. And a lot of people look at Heupel and they say he's not coaching material. This is a guy that coached Oklahoma or played at Oklahoma at quarterback, did such a fantastic job there, and it's kind of making the the Brent Venables hire uh, there at Oklahoma from Clemson look even more of a you know big stink bomb is what it kind of makes it look like because. Venables was such a good coach or supposed to be such a good coach. He passed up Tennessee. He didn't want to coach at Tennessee. And then he goes to Oklahoma. What's he done at Oklahoma? Not much. Yeah, Tennessee uh, was interested when they ended up hiring Heupel and both uh, the Clemson coordinators at that time, mm-hmm. uh, Brent Venables, who's not Oklahoma, and Virginia's Tony Elliott. Uh, and so uh, Tennessee made the right choice, uh, as it obviously turned out. And uh, the other two programs are still trying to figure out if they – made the right choice or may have to make another choice in a few years. Uh, that's yeah. not good for either of those programs. 
Yeah, and I know, and I kind of look at this thing of the racing thing altogether too. You know, some of these teams have made some choices going into 2023, and you're hoping they're going to pay off. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Noah Gragson in the uh, winter circle next year with Petty GMS if he's got a good car underneath him. You know, some of these guys plugging them in, they're just, they're just great racers. But then you've got the racers that aren't that good. So we're going to see we're going to see what kind of job it is. We're going to see what Richard Childress can do with Kyle Busch because Kyle's uh, pretty much is Joe Gibbs racing career is pretty much over after the big fine this past weekend of losing the tire. And I think he loses his crew chief and some other people. That's some other news that came out uh, that uh, we hadn't talked about, but you know, he's probably not going to win a race unless knock on wood, something happens. Uh, but he probably won't win a race the rest of the season, and he'll leave Joe Gibbs racing and just ready and hankering to go for Richard Childress in 2023. Well, 2.30 on Sunday, keep up with Rod as you're watching the race or if you're out and about and you just need to get some updates while you're out and about or if you're watching football, who knows, but you also want to keep up with NASCAR. Rod will be on our Facebook page, Augusta Free Press's Facebook page, uh, live blogging throughout that race. So uh, he'll he'll keep you up to date and give you some insight and analysis as well. Rod, as always, thank you for your time. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks.